are here at the She Space. What an incredible space of female community and friendship and hard work and commitment and doing it together for our hundredth podcast <laughs> of living the authentic life. And there's um, I have said this to multiple people. I think sometimes just the art of coming alive and living your best life is just showing up every day. Mm-hmm. And I love it when I go to yoga and they go, you've done the hardest thing is you showed up on your mat yeah. today. <laughs> Except Sunday at 7.30 this weekend, the instructor didn't come and I was a little <laughs> annoyed. I was like, oops, I guess. But anyway, these... Um, <laughs> These women have shown up for me. Okay, I'm gonna get emotional. And all of you have shown up for me in an amazing way. And Stephanie and I had this great conversation. I'm gonna take a different approach today and be completely unscripted. We had the opportunity to go to the Forbes Women's Summit in New York. And it was truly such an incredible day of women empowering other women. And there was something different about it. There was something different about how you met someone that you felt something more instantly. And I was trying to figure out what that is. And Stephanie just put her finger on it. Tell them, me, tell them what you told me the other day. So we all went to the Forbes Women's Summit um, and met there and had a, a great time. And the question from Janae is, well, we were talking about what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. Like, what's the message? What's yeah. What, what, did, what was the takeaway from the, the Women's Summit? And what I said was, I love the messaging of the women, but more important than the messaging was the women themselves. Sure. And I think it was so impactful because we had such an complete, implicit understanding of one another already. Women that decide to go to something like that are already on similar playing field, Mm -hmm. looking for the same things in life, maybe have experienced similar things on the same pathways, either jumping on the pathway, on the pathway, getting off of the pathway. So you already have this complete level of understanding and trust before you ever meet the person. And it opened up really meaningful conversations Mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. I kind of call that going deep quick, Mm -hmm. like that you can get to the meat of something and not Mm -hmm. just, wow, this weather. Right, so I'm gonna, so, I'm going to share Which like is my beautiful New York, yes. by the way, as we are overlooking Columbus so Circle cool. from from uh, the Jasper. So let me. And yeah, what we were talking about is when I yeah. made, right, met Rachel because we have been dancing in similar circles for yeah. years Forever. and had never really had the opportunity to sit down and talk. The minute I met Rachel, talk about instant connections. Like I already know this woman. Mm-hmm. I know this woman. I understand this woman. I love this woman. Um, and so you get past all that stuff mm-hmm. and you just get right to what you're there to learn about the person and the messaging and what you can do together. So true. Our um, first conversation, yep. I think we were both in tears, like mm-hmm. just yes. this aunt, con- this initial um, connection, but this bond and the realization that we were all kind of transversing this life mm-hmm. path together. And mm-hmm. we can have that with you and, as well. I know. Mm-hmm. And you brought us together. So, mm-hmm. and I Thank love you. connecting people because, and you two are really strong women who have trailblazed in your categories you starting this female workplace that's more than a workplace it's a community it's a support system it's an inspiration i mean i was just showing 
my hairstylist, the color, she's like, oh, that inspires creativity. I was like, oh, girl, yes. You feel more creative when you're here with all this color. Yeah. But um, doing what you do with exclusive resorts, being such a high level uh, on a world platform, traveling, tell people what you do, how you do it, and you're a mom. And that is, at this point, a full-time times 10 job for you. It is, it is. I think we all do that, right? You just balance as many balls as you can. And I think we've learned that, I think I learned that I'm better balancing all those balls because if I just had one, I would drop it. Um, but if I have 15, <laughs> it's gonna work out. Today's all good. Um, no, I think, yes, Exclusive Resorts is unique. I, I mean, I came to the company when it was not a startup, but about a, a year and a half into the um, company's existence, which created a whole new business sector and space. Um, so kind of pioneering that over the last two decades has been um, really a, an amazing journey. It's been a, a allowed me to see and meet some incredible people around the globe. But I run all of global acquisition and operations, and um, that means I'm on the road a lot. And mm -hmm. I think the hard part for us as women is um, the guilt that comes into that as um, being a mother and a spouse. My husband and I celebrate 22 years of marriage on Yay! Friday. He's such a lucky man. Um, <laughs> I always say, you're such a damn lucky man. But I am so lucky as well, which, uh, <laughs> let, let's be real. Um, let, let's be real. Um, but I think together, I, I think the more you go through in life, um, people always say, you know, it's difficult, marriage is difficult. And it's not really if you're married to the right person, yeah. because the more you go through, the better life gets. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the same with the people mm -hmm. you surround yourself with and who you choose mm -hmm. to surround yourself mm -hmm. with as friends as you go through life. So, um, but Danae knows there's been a lot. My daughter's struggling through a difficult time right now and um, we take one step forward and two mm -hmm. steps back. And I think as business leaders and females, we don't have time to talk about it with our friends because we just got to keep going. You go into the next thing, you got to keep those balls in the air. And I think, um, that was our instant connection of just like, mm -hmm. oh, it's been a day and we just kind of began a conversation that was real. And I think that whole day was such a real and very profound experience because everyone that spoke, spoke their truth. And um, that was what really what was so, I think, enlightening about being there. And you came up with the idea of this space from doing mission work around the world and meeting mm -hmm. different people coming together in much more difficult circumstances mm -hmm. than we have mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Share a little bit about that world. Um, she space was never something I planned to do. I mean, it's not like I woke up one day and like, oh, you know, I think we need a she space. I was like, I didn't even know what about the co-working world was that that was not the intent for she space i had an experience my husband and i went to israel on a trip to the holy land and the first day i was there i met two women um, and if you know your world history um, you know the um, eternal conflict between israel and the in palestine and it's never going to be resolved ever right. um, i met an israeli and and palestinian woman who had met and become best friends. Amazing. And had started a company together and the company was a tour group. And so the next day they were offering tours and so they took a group of us on, um, on a bus. We went through the checkpoint. Uh, we went into um, one of the Palestinian districts to a women's center. So they would take 
groups of women visiting Israel into this Palestinian um, women's center. Um, and what happened to me in that space of about 45 minutes, so I was watching women who, was, who were putting aside challenges that were never going to be overcome mm -hmm. and coming together as women and helping each other as women. And in that moment, it didn't matter if they were Israeli or Palestinian. It did not matter. What mattered is that they were women and they believed in each other and they were coming um, together with the strength of what women can do. And that changed my life. Wow. And, and led to She Space, like instantly led to She Space. Which was a long journey also. It was a long journey, but it actually happened relatively quickly because it, uh, when I finally got off the women's bus and back with my husband, my very first question was, do you know a commercial realtor? And he goes, oh yeah, they're on this trip and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I need a female commercial realtor. And from that, so it happened quickly. We had a, a few personal bumps in our, um, in our own life, just health-wise. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. But uh, we opened in the middle of COVID. So why wouldn't you open a, you know, a shared a, space? A, a shared, shared space. space in the middle of COVID. <laughs> Bring your masks, everybody. So, um, and because it, it worked because women believed in each other and women were doing amazing things. And like, I am not kidding, like women just popped up out of nowhere no to do, like, I need a drywall company and a female-owned drywall company would just literally show up. It was the craziest thing because women would talk to women and they, yeah. And they would help each other. Yeah, they would help each other. I was so moved by how every speaker had come to this place that they were leading in their sector, whether it was that amazing woman that wore the breastplate that worked with Netflix and helped decide what we were all watching when it was COVID. You know, she, yeah. um, chief marketing officer from amazing brands who came yes. in in a green suit and a gold chest plate. And she's like, like I'm going to wear a gold like, chest plate today. And she did. And she, she did. it. And she was amazing. Um, and had the best posture because she couldn't she, Yeah, she couldn't she sit. Could <laughs> I know. We should probably do that better, y'all. We should. Um, um, but then to the woman that um, had didn't have legs that was in the Paralympics that oh. had grown up in a country where she was I think eight and she looked like a three year old and someone the Ukraine in Ukraine and she was yeah she was a adopted. double amputee so, yeah and we know we overcome things and I think about that because I've been on such a struggle with our daughter and her health issues but like these are wow yeah. Yeah, one of the takeaways um, from one of the speakers I, I've used now in, in, um, with my team and in business, and she said, as women, you're one of three people in a room. She said, you're the one that is listening to the room mm -hmm. and thinking to yourself, that's not right. That's not, that's not the right thing, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to disrupt the Apple box. She's like, or you're the second person who is like, I really feel passionate about that. I'm going to speak a little bit, but I don't want to, I don't want it to affect my trajectory or things because I know everyone's watching me. She said, or you're the third person. That's the one that always raises their hand. That's like, that's not right. This isn't the right thing to do. The and disruptor. The disruptor. Yeah. And she yeah. said, then that's a disruptor. You get tired of being the only disruptor. Mm -hmm. So when it's a critical time, you think someone else is definitely going to speak up because it's their turn, right? I'm always the one that's speaking up. And she's like, always speak up. 
you have to be the one. Mm -hmm. Charge the path, lead the way. If you're the one on the island every time by yourself, that's okay. People will swim to your island at some point if you're doing the right thing. And I'm like, I've used that. I love that. Please speak up. Please do the right thing. Right. I think that was when I was so flustered I lost my phone. You did lose your phone. (laughs) Didn't know where my phone was because still, yes. We have moments that we just can't oh. get our stuff together, and that was one of mine. I, but I did have an amazing moment with Bella that day because of some health oh, yeah. issues. She um, has had challenges in school, and we've had all these doctor's notes written, and the school wasn't going to give her extra time. And we kind of said, well, it's a policy we're giving up, and she said, I'm not giving up. And so she kept pushing, and the school said, you're not going to be able to do it in time where it's going to affect you, and she said, I'm just going to do it for the people that come after me. And she called me that day to tell me that she had found a way around it and that she had gotten the school to work. And I just was so proud Mm -hmm. that she wasn't going to stop till she knew what was right. And I thought, this is why we're here. Mm -hmm. And some woman we were standing with eating, like we're all crying and we're all emotional for one another. Because we all get it. We all get it. The the challenges. And And that was a biggie. That was a big, and yeah. it's hard to know when to stand up and disrupt and you're going to be accepted for the disruption, when to keep disrupting. So um, let's talk a little bit about that, because um, especially I find being in Texas, um, we can be women in general are softer <laughs> and and the way that they are Southern, maybe, but not softer. I think that's like, I can surprise people sometimes because my voice seems really sweet. And when people say I'm sweet, I'm like, oh, honey, you haven't met me yeah, long enough. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so um, I, I think, so I. about that. And you can disagree. Um, but I don't. Okay. I mean, I have a different perspective, okay. but I don't disagree. So I um, was raised in the Midwest. I was actually raised um, in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And my husband was raised in Chicago. My daughter-in-law also is from Missouri, other side of the state, but still. So we have all Midwestern roots. Okay. Um, but I have lived in every part of the country except for Northwest. I haven't lived in the Northwest part of the country. Um, I think Texas women are stronger than any other women I have ever met anywhere I've ever lived. I think they have a diplomacy to them that other women lack. And I think in some parts of this country, it's, it's kind of off-putting. Like the Northeast, well, boom, yeah. bam, right? You know, you yeah. go right in for it. So that isn't, that isn't always understood, appreciated. Texas women get more done <laughs> than with any- soft, With their soft approach. But, but they're, they're unrelenting. Yes. <laughs> um, just, and and. <laughs> Maybe here's an example. I have friends in here that are like graceful and gracious uh-huh. and um, diplomatic and won't mention any, any names, Phoebe, but um, <laughs> get so much done in such a lovely way. So I think it's yeah. just that maybe we're more, I'm including myself. You should. Women here are just very mannered. I think yes. I think Houstonians are. I mean, I think mm-hmm. by our nature, it's just um, 
I, you know, I think you can look at anything from business sector to nonprofit to the leaders mm -hmm. in our city. Mm -hmm. um, we just get stuff done, but in a way that feels inclusive and people feel like they can yes. be part of it and we take them along for the ride. So it's not, I'm going to work on this project. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, come on, let's work on this project. Let's yes. figure out how to do it together. And then you build these really special bonds with people that yeah. you you know been crossing pattern paths with that you didn't have an opportunity to meet. And I said, I think that's very true for our nonprofit the nonprofit landscape throughout the city of Houston. I think nonprofit, business, government. government. I, th I think the other thing that I've noticed here is that it's a huge pet peeve of mine with women is so many women apologize all the time. Mm -hmm. And I do see women here, it just drives me nuts. They'll even start a sentence like, I'm sorry, but blah, blah, blah. I mean, and it's like a filler. So it's like, it's a conversational filler. Um, people here, Women here are very um, unapologetic for what they do. They believe in what they do. I think there's just a strength here. But the fact that, so we may be, we may be more mannered um, and demure, but we are very unapologetic about our beliefs, whatever they happen to be. Sure. And I had a moment with my mom probably five to seven years ago. My dad's name is Vito Cangelosi, so he was always <laughs> the strong man, obviously. Obviously. And I said, I spent so much time thinking dad was the strong one. Mm. And it was really you. For sure. And she, but she was that way. She didn't say a lot, but when she said it, she meant it, and mm -hmm. we were all doing it. And we knew it, and she did it with grace and demure. How come that doesn't work now? I, I what am I missing in some maybe days? I'm, I'm like, not as quiet. As <laughs> right. I'm like, Use my voice. Didn't I tell you to pick up your room five times? I know. So, uh, charity. I mean, let's talk about uh, what we do as a community because that's amazing. And we were having this conversation last night about how like, you were the youngest woman of distinction ever. You came into Houston, you did all these really significant big things. And then how we are like, as we're growing older, how that is changing and how we feel like we can make impact differently. Cause we've both had long conversations about this. I mean, I grew up um, in a very small town and um, all four lineages of my family were immigrants to the United States from the Czech Republic. And so we did not have a stoplight. There were 3000 <laughs> people, everyone knew everything about everything. And it was just part of who you are. You know, my mom didn't have indoor plumbing till she was in high school. I mean, we were poor, you know, cotton farmers. I, I picked cotton in the weekends, um, you know, on my, at my grandfather's farm. And that was a we were incredibly happy. It was a super close-knit, tight family, but the community was close, and everyone just did what they can to help whoever needed it next door. When I moved to Houston, I remember walking in. I met two incredible women who I'm still very close to and said, I want to be involved. And they said, do two things, join the ballet guild and <laughs> join, which I did. Um, I was like 23 or something, um, and joined the Junior League of Houston. And those two organizations will help kind of you figure out where you should navigate. The ballet, you'll meet amazing people that have done great things that can be mentors. The league will help you meet peers, but also give you the opportunity to, to volunteer at multiple nonprofits across the city. And it was just kind of who I was as a person. It was I was built in to, to give back. Um, and I think to a fault sometimes, right? So that you give, 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 and sometimes forget to do the things that you need to do for yourself. And so I threw myself in. Um, 
you know, shared many, many things and um, loved and still part of, um, of the ballet and still part of the Junior League, which is a huge part of, of my life. I was the president of the Junior League during COVID, which was just wonderful to share. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also running a global travel company during COVID, which is not for the faint at heart um, as the world is shutting down and we're trying to get people in from everywhere. But um, you know, I, many times during that year, I'm asking God, you know, what are you teaching me? Because there is something here as we're trying to deploy help to the city. Y'all remember the lines around the Astrodome speaking about people who needed food and water and what do we do? Yet the need for safety, we were washing mm -hmm. our groceries, for goodness sake, you yep. know, our apples with Clorox because we thought that, you know, so trying to figure out how to navigate that with the largest female nonprofit in the city and the largest nonprofit in the city behind the road, the Houston Rodeo, um, and the largest, you know, junior league in the world was looking at us of what, what are we going to do to help um, kind of navigate this? And we figured it out. My executive team was a, a, a full of women, um, one who's high up in an oil and gas company, one who ran her own law firm, um, one who um, was a, 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 a banker and in finance. And here we are sitting there, how are we going to deploy our volunteers? Mm. How are we going to help the city? What are we going to do? So surrounding yourself again by incredible people who lift you and make you better, um, you will find the solutions that you need to help, not just our city, but I think what we do in the world, so. Let's talk about charity. How many events are you charity this year? <laughs> How many will you do next year? So yeah, ch <laughs> chair is in the word charity. I, um, <laughs> I use the word philanthropy or giving. I like that. Um, it just makes me more comfortable because I don't necessarily, I feel like charity to me um, is, I, I, I think, Philanthropy is just bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And the generous heart of the city is part of what, a large part of what I love about it so very much. Mm -hmm. Again, I've lived all over the country and I did not understand what that looked like until I moved to Houston. Mm. I had no idea like that philanthropic landscape literally is something that is the essence of, of, of who this city is. Yeah, I agree. And um, you can't explain it. You have to experience it. And I, I don't, I, yes, I'm, I'm part of the team that runs She Space, but I have no idea how much my time I spend on in nonprofit work. A lot. Mm -hmm. I've never like done a little pie chart and no, tried to figure don't, that out. Don't do that. But I think it would. It will not be favorable. <laughs> no, just, I think it would make it me is. happy. I think it, it would make. Away. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. would. I would. I think I would feel like I was doing something of significance. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not going to do that this year because yes. that's a big wedge this year. Um, I. I think that the city is so successful because we think of others. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say we think of others before we think of ourselves, but I think we spend as much time thinking of others as, as ourselves. And I think we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy. And it can be in education. It can be in healthcare. Mm -hmm. It can be in the arts. It can be for domestic violence. It can be in, you know, anything. I don't know anyone that isn't involved in something. 
And I think it, it, you have ebbs and flows. I mean, for, mm -hmm. you know, I think I was very involved, multiple boards, things, chairing things, and then your life takes its turn because you go through different life phases. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. I'm really selective in that time. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. so selective because I have a 13 and an 11 year old and you know, I never believed it when, um, you know, friends and mentors said that your kids will need you more as they get older. Mm -hmm. And you think, are you kidding? I can barely get the diaper on mm -hmm. and I can't go to dinner and I, they're yelling and everyone's all over the room. But it's so true mm -hmm. because then they're going through things that they need you to help them navigate. And then you're navigating your business and then you're navigating every now and then a friend that you might get to talk to because you have five minutes on the phone. You know, so you're navigating all these things. And so the best part about the city is that you can be involved, but you can take a step back and jump right back in whenever you're ready because someone mm -hmm. is behind you to take and they're understanding. The they're understanding that. So I'm in a different place in my life um, mm -hmm. than you, ladies. So I am a grandmother. I know. My grandma name is Honey, which I love. Aww. So is my mother-in-law. Oh yeah, we talked about that. Uh -huh. That's so I love the Honey. Um, there are three names that she's based named after my three granddaughters. Um, Lucy, Stella, and Poppy. So I am at a different place in my life now. So I am able to kind of like maybe pick up the slack a little bit for women that are like really having to focus on the children that are still at home and, and what's ever going on. But what I have discovered is the older you get and the more people that you are responsible for, um, there are still huge worries with, you know, grandchildren. And then you have your, you know, your son and sons-in-law and your daughter-in-law. And so there's just more people to love, but also more people to, 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 to be concerned mm -hmm. about. And cause they now, instead of just like my three children and my husband, you know, I have like 11 people out there <laughs> that have things that, and of course they're, you know, of course their parents are, you know, but still it doesn't take it off my worry plate. Um, but I do have more time in my day-to-day -day life to take on things. And then, you, you know, your turn will come to circle back into doing that. Mm -hmm. I think you're doing exactly what you, you should be doing now, running your businesses and spending all that day-to-day -day time with your children because they're children. doesn't matter if they're, you know, three months old or 18 years old. They're still under your roof and under your care. And I think that's part of being a woman. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I found that um, here it's different. In different cities, there'll be an event to go to and I'll say, oh, what's the charity? And they don't have a charity. Like here, if we're going to something, there's somebody that's going to benefit from something. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so if it's a fashion show or if it's a lunch or many times we're plugging that in. And then it's not just about the plug-in, but it's about the story. And I think as we've grown in Houston, we've known so many people. And like for me, um, I didn't have cancer in my life. My, well, my father-in-law passed from sarcoma, but when we were writing this children's book, my six-year-old godchild came down with cancer and I've been involved with Heroes for Children, helping families with kids with cancer. So I almost think God has a sense of humor, like what we're, <laughs> connected sometimes. to and really fighting for and sometimes then we get to feel the meaning behind it and I think that's what's so powerful about now that we are choosing we sadly have our own stories about why it's passionate for us sure. because of what we've been through and um, I would love earlier I want to say it on air what Monica said about grief and she said grief shared is grief halved 
And I just think that's pretty amazing. And I thought that was also interesting. Um, when I kind of summarized to someone, I said at the Forbes Women's Summit, these women were sharing what they overcame. Hmm. It's like Mary J. Blige was up there. Oh. And wow, she didn't talk about her success. She talked about the pain, the pain mm -hmm. of her relationship, of not valuing herself, of coming up with the title, because she had to think she was beautiful, like Good Morning Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at her going, oh my God, you're an incredible woman, and you're so accomplished, and you still have to say that? Mm -hmm. So I think that now that we are in this place that we can share our insecurity, like Gabriella said, oh, Hey, Danae, you're an expert now. I'm like, oh, yeah, Rob told me when I was an expert, blah, 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 something negative. I'm like, why do we do that? Like this, I'm sorry. Like, why can't we accept it as just a win? Why do we have to discount? Can we share a little bit about that? Well, I do that? think it's learned behavior. So over, um, it, it, the younger women aren't doing that. It's They're true. not. And that. <laughs> the younger women are not doing that as much, and I think they have learned that it's learned behavior. So they have they from watching what you know yeah. the, the the women in their life are doing. I, I think that is just not something the younger set are doing, and I I applaud them for that. And I think that we can learn a thing from the from the younger generations. Um, I think it's probably something you've done your whole life. Maybe your mother did it. And absolutely. Um, it, it psychologically, it, it's a sign of low self-esteem, but I know you don't have low self-esteem, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know you don't. I think it's just a habit with you. And, and I think maybe, it's a fallback. And maybe it's an equalizer. Like I want to connect with people so much. I don't want to feel that different that from them. You are like, different from people, but in a very good way. And you need to own that and be good with that. We just had true. this conversation yesterday. That's I true. Know, That's I very know. true. I know. It's hard. You share. I do. I, 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 <laughs> share, I share that same whatever it is. Oh, I get you, girl. I, so um, I think it's I think it's hard. I think uh, I was on the phone yesterday um, it, our CEO and I were talking about um, someone that works at our company and they're, you know, like always managing people, it's just the fun part of the job. And even at you know, an executive level, when there is um, significant differences that we need to navigate through. And he said about someone, she's a great marketeer, but is not good at, at marketing herself. Mm -hmm. And so how the company sees this person isn't self-reflective of how she mm -hmm. sees it. And so if, if she could do a better job, I was like, oh, no, 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 that's our job. Her work product should speak for itself. What she's doing and rebuilding our brand and how we're doing it. It's our, it's our job to change the landscape as the leader to the company, not someone that should be, you know, more outspoken and represent herself as their brand better. But it's true. We do mm -hmm. build our brands that then we try to figure out like how am I gonna navigate through that? But I think as leaders, regardless of who the person is, we should let them rise with who they are because of what they do, not because of that person should be more outspoken at, at how they should represent themselves. I had an interesting experience just this morning um, with, um, we're going to talk about what this big, what we're celebrating today, right? Your yes, one, yes. your 100. Okay. Yes. Can I start yes. talking you about start. that? Okay. You okay. go girl. Take the ball. Here's the ball. So we are here today to celebrate 100 episodes of your amazing podcast. Very proud of you. 
I've just become the podcast host as of this month. Um, so we have a podcast studio here and I've done a lot of research. I really knew very little about podcasting till a couple of years ago. Um, Katie, my daughter-in-law, who's the co-founder of She Space, says we need to put a podcast studio inside She Space. I'm like, who podcasts? Everybody listens to podcasts. Who podcasts? <laughs> who really does it? Yeah. Who really does it? Come to find out lots of amazing women do podcasts, but you were way ahead of, of, of the curve. And statistically, the average podcast lasts about six episodes. Did you know that? Yes, wow. I did know that. Six. Wow. Because the planning isn't put into it. It's like, oh, I have this great idea. I'm going to go talk about whatever it is. So you have beat the odds Oh my gosh, by oh. eight times, eight. <laughs> many folds, many folds yeah. over, many, 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 over. many folds. So that is actually um, what we're here celebrating today, which is huge accomplishment. But so this morning, um, there was someone dropping off something for our, our celebration of you. Mm-hmm. And um, she owns the Chocolate Llama, which is a beautiful cake decorating and cake baking and bakery, mm-hmm. right? And she brought this incredible cake in. She set it down and she said something to the effect of like, I'm with Chocolate Llama or I'm part of the team or I'm dropping this off. Uh Um, We'd love to see the space. So we're walking. We spent about 10 minutes together. And it finally clicked on me that she was actually the owner and the Mm -hmm. founder. Not once did she say anything about that. So there are, and I, at the end I said, so you're the founder and the owner of Chocolate Llama. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I am. And so there are ways to just talk about what you do. Nobody's going to think you're bragging. Um, you, there are braggarts in the world, and I really <laughs> loathe there arrogance. Are. I know. Um, but just talking about who you are and what you're doing is, are none of those things. So we had a little tutorial on how to talk about... Um, <laughs> Then the mother came out, grandmother. Okay, Uh that's how it's going to be. And um, so that's just a tiny little example of of what women do. And she's done an amazing thing. Right. She started a company. It's very successful. But she, I, she could have left, and I never would have even known. She She could have been the delivery gal for all I know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now I, I feel like uh, I'm so concerned. Through COVID, I've done so much research in, in writing the TED Talk about living mm-hmm. authentically. Like, I really invested into what makes me come alive, what makes people come alive. And all of you as podcast guests are people who I thought came alive. There was something about you that was different. There was something about the way you approached it. And there were three factors I came up with. One was clearly identifying your purpose in life. Like, when you know your purpose, you can go after it. You, and you, you can be consistent with it, and then you know how to do what you're doing. And you, when you get off course, you come back, because we're gonna get off course. And then connection, not just connecting with other people, but like connected with ourselves. Self-reflection is a big thing that makes a difference. And then what we talked about, doing the work, like literally committing to doing the work. And this podcast has enabled me to meet other like-minded people. And I know that's kind of overused, but I loved what you said yesterday, somebody that you would be in the sandbox with. And that's what I feel like makes a difference is that you finally get time to understand what makes them 
be someone and, and what's important to them. Mm-hmm. And because now I don't want to be transactional, I struggle with, do you want to buy a purse from me? You want to buy a watch? <laughs> you want to buy? But I'm trying to be better about telling people, like, in order to give to the community, in order to keep showing up, I do have a business and I want to do business and I want people to understand what we're doing. So it is hard because you don't want to be that person, like, always asking for something from someone or don't take her call. She's going to ask for money or a purse. <laughs> true, true. There are yes. those days we are that person. And, then, yes. and But, you know, unabashedly, we should be, depending on what, you know, you're passionate about or what you're raising mm-hmm. money for. So I think it's easy to, to ask on behalf of someone else or on behalf of something you're doing. I think it's harder to ask a, a, for a benefit or because of, of yourself. And I think that that's just human behavior in some in most people and I think um, certainly in women and I think that was what came out of the forum was everyone that was there from the first president of an NFL football team mm-hmm. to uh, the second ever female to um, to run Wall Street which is amazing to Kim Cattrall and Katie Couric which started us that day and you know they sat down and at 69 and 67 talking about where they were in their careers and how they got there and how when Kim Cottrell said yes to doing Samantha, that there's not a person on earth that does not know who Samantha is um, in Sex in the City, she was in her 40s. And she said, in your 40s, you just didn't get the things in, in, in that career space that we were. We were just that, that character. And she said no to it. She's like, I don't think I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sexy in the city anymore. I'm all, you know, because that's what her industry taught her who she was. And then look what happened in that character who is, is defining in many ways and saying, it's okay to think I'm going to do this and I'm going to be outspoken and I'm going to do the things that I feel are right for me. And she said, um, it, you know, interesting enough, you know, as she's looked back, that character somewhat defined her career in really positive ways. And she's so mm-hmm. happy that she said yes to it. And did you know that Sex and the City has been off the air for 20 years? So to think yeah. about just kind of the age mm-hmm. and where she was and now, you know, having had much success post that um, episode, which is really interesting. They were fun. They, they, were they kicked so it fun. off and they were very entertaining, but wow, that I mean, had so much life wisdom between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them. But at the, at the Forbes Women's Summit, there were presenters from the age of 18 mm-hmm. to 73. That is a very wide range of women and perspectives and um, just wisdom. And I thought one of the best uh, presenters of the day was 18-year-old. I did too. That she was fantastic. Yeah, she was fantastic. She and just, was the paraplegic. No, she was the one that said, oh, I was at, you know, at 10 o'clock this morning, I was in class at Harvard. Yes. Yes. And she, yes. And so her, yes, she started a nonprofit when she was 11 years old and she looked at her mom. She's a a young black woman and she looked at her mom and she said, where are all the books um, with um, characters that look like me? She said, I'm so tired of reading books about boys and their dogs. That's literally what she said. She did. So she set out at 11 years old to catalog and to look like, to look for um, characters in books that looked like her. And she launched her nonprofit. And I'm sure from that, um, she's had an amazing life. But this was probably 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. At 10 o'clock that morning, she'd been in class 
at Harvard. Right. And I think she probably flew in on her magic carpet because she was amazing. Yeah, she did. Um, but I mean, she, I thought she was one of the best speakers. I mean, they were all wonderful and they were all talented in different ways. But I thought because her message wasn't practiced, it wasn't rehearsed, you, your word, it was authentic, it was genuine, she was talking from the heart, and whoa, we need to watch out for her. Mm -hmm. And then again, the 73-year-old who is the um, U.S. Yes. ambassador to the U.N. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. To the U.N. Um, from Louisiana, and she had something called gumbo diplomacy, so she like literally still believed it. Yes, yes, yes for our friends from Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> she talks about gumbo um, diplomacy she, and how effective um, it was. She, said she's very busy now and doesn't get as much chance to do it but they she would just cook up a pot of gumbo and bring everybody together at the at the table and let as women and let's like let's just talk about this let's have a discussion so and that and that was so, that was what i learned from her and i'm like okay i'm doing gumbo diplomacy for sure so it was an amazing day amazing women amazing messages and again, I loved listening to the speakers, but what I took away from it more was the women that I met that day. Agree. Agree. Oh, so cool. thank you. Agree. And it was so neat because they had, it, it was very well done. Oh, um, yeah. It was a small room, so there was maybe 150 people, do you maybe, think, in there? Yeah. Maybe. Um, and so it was an intimate, you felt like an intimate conversation. So there was panels set where two or three speakers and a moderator. And between those panels, it was these incredible women, like the young lady you were talking about, who stood up and just told their story mm -hmm. openly. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is who microcosm of, of what they're doing. Yeah. Very well done. Very well and done. And the interesting thing is my connection to the Forbes Women's Summit was standing in a taxi line in San Tropez. My girlfriend, Lauren, didn't have battery. We borrowed a battery from the girl behind us who was a New Yorker. The guy in front of us asked us if he, we needed a ride in the taxi because we'd waited 45 minutes. And the girl behind us with the charger is the vice president of Forbes Women's Summit and has invited me. And that's wow. how things can initial, happen. Initial it's connection. when you put energy out there and you make your moments count and you go deep quick and you get to the, the mm -hmm. and she is somebody I love being in the sandbox with because mm -hmm. she's doing amazing things. And so we just never know when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, we're going to wrap this up. What an amazing episode. I'm just so... Um, moved by the opportunity we have. Uh, when I read Outliers, I tried to figure out what mm. my outlier moment was in life. And I think it's that we have technology that we didn't have. And had it been mm. 50 years ago, we couldn't share our words. We couldn't have a platform. We couldn't have a place that we could reach so many people. And I know that platform is misused. And I know the platform's our demise if I could take it away and not have it for the sake of my child who mm -hmm. is on social media and feels pain from it I would mm -hmm. but um, it's an opportunity that we have a right to share and we get to share and our voices matter and my approach to podcasting was even if one or two people listen and it affects mm -hmm. them then it's worth it mm -hmm. and I think when your mission is there people feel your heart and they feel what you want and that's what makes it contagious because people want to feel connection too. And they want to feel that their voice matters and all of your voice matters and all of your voices inspired me. So thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you, you. For, for having thank us today for having and us. for doing the podcast and thinking that this is something you should do and carrying on and all the 
people you have touched through it and we thank you. We look forward to the celebrating 200 episodes. So, cheers to you. All right, guys, until next week.